0: Welcome to Life in the Pit, a podcast
1: about the lives and adventures of instrumentalists within the wonderful world of musical theater. And now, here is your host, David Lane. Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to Life in the Pit. This is episode number 31. Um, As I can tell you, this is going to be the longest episode to date. Uh, I have a very long but entertaining and informative interview to share with you. I'm going to make the introduction part of this podcast short. Uh, Let me first say, just because it's been a while since I put this up front, but it really means a lot to this podcast, uh, if you enjoy it, to please share it with your friends, but also if you just take a moment and offer a five-star rating and review, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, that's where it's really helpful, but anywhere you're allowed to leave a review of a podcast, just anything that helps um, share the word. Okay, if you've listened to even a few episodes of Life in the Pit, I'm just going to go ahead and just tell you right up front, um, this is not the type of episode that you were probably expecting. In fact, um, just to be clear, we talk very little about the pit in this episode. Most of the time, uh, playing in the pit, having a pit musician on the show, that's going to be um, the central focus. But I do occasionally... Want to get outside the box, and we do here. So, having said that, I do think if you are a pit musician, and especially if you're an aspiring musician, if you're a music student, this is still a very valuable episode. Um, again, it is long. I'm talking today with Keeney Slaughter. She is uh, she has a degree in flute performance, so she understands uh, being a performing musician. Um, but she her day job is an event coordinator. And uh, we're going to get more details mentioned in the course of the interview. So I'm going to leave it at that as far as the introduction. When I began my conversation uh, that I'm about to share with you, I wasn't quite sure where it was headed other than it would talk about the perspective from being in arts administration. Um, But we talk about quite a few things. We talk uh, mostly in the second half of the conversation. We talk about. Uh, what it's like to be an event planner. We talk about the value of internships and um, how that works. Uh, We talk about how to improve your LinkedIn page. If you're like probably half the people I know, LinkedIn is maybe something that, you know, you've signed up for and maybe have a few connections, but you don't know how, um, you don't really do much with it. Um, With people who are successful, they do things with it. And um, that's something you should probably look into. So We talk about that. Uh, We talk about uh, building your resume. Is your resume up to snuff? Um, She has a concept called industry interviews, which is a really helpful tactic when you're trying to get to achieve something you want to do. We also talk about uh, being organized in your pursuits. From my perspective, Uh, I think this makes this a very general podcast episode. So even if you're not a super fan of what goes on in the pit, but you want to know more about generally how to succeed working in the arts, this is very helpful. But as one thing I point out in the midst of the interview is, um, not every pit musician is going to be able to do this full time. Uh, A lot of you have, uh, a lot of you want to do that. Um, most of the pit musicians I know have other jobs that they they use to make a lot of their income. The uh, Working in a pit pays, but it only pays uh, a portion for a lot of musicians. So what do you do as a day job? Well, you might ha- get some ideas from this episode. Again, most of that is in the second half of the conversation. Uh, the first half of the conversation, we talk a lot about... Uh, being a musician, and we get into a lot of uh, practice techniques and uh, practice philosophy, some fun stuff. So uh, this is just a very um, eclectic conversation, but it's one that I think is fun and informative. This is my conversation with Keeney Slaughter. Mm -hmm. Keeney, thank you for joining my show today and for uh, coming Mm -hmm. on to just talk about some especially some aspects of the arts that we haven't discussed before, uh, specifically arts yeah. administration. So i um, looking forward to talking about that. But first of all, um, if you don't mind, just tell us what it is you do and where you're located.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you, David, for allowing me to come on and share. That's been one thing that I've been really passionate about is, is trying to, um, you know, connect with, young people and maybe even older people, too, that have an interest in the arts. But um, my name is Keeney Slaughter for everybody um, out there. And uh, I'm located in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a native peach. Uh, um, And and what I do right now, since arts administration is, is taking a little bit of a hit, obviously, with the pandemic happening, Um, I started working with Dunwoody Nature Center back in July. So uh, Dunwoody is a suburb of Atlanta, for those who may not know. And uh, it's an environmental nonprofit. So but I actually work with as a building event host. So I'm responsible for making sure that people who are booking the space for wedding rehearsals and cultural celebrations and Um, we've had all types of events there, making sure that they have a pleasurable experience. So um, I love special events and that um, both special events and arts administration are definitely on equal footing for me. So
1: great. We haven't, I mean, I haven't talked specifically about Atlanta theater scene with anybody, although I've talked to people who have a connection there. But uh, the impression I got is that it's quite vibrant. There's a lot of theaters yes. in that area.
0: I think it, uh, it's good, and um, despite what people, I think you know the different attitudes that they have um, about Tyler Perry. I think he kind of, I got a chance to meet him in person for one. My family and I, my mom and, and my dad, um, but I really like the fact that you know sometimes in Hollywood people are skeptical about. Um, you know, okay, does this demographic come to the theater? And I think he was really good about um, saying, yes, they do. And, and bringing more people in who may not have previously done it. So I think that helps our art form a lot. Um, I consider myself multidisciplinary. Um, I'm a right. classically trained flutist, Um, I've been trained vocally as well. I have done theater and I did ballet, tap and jazz for several years. Um, probably couldn't do it now. Uh, (laughs) What, what, the tap and jazz (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I can't, I can't, no, I can't do it now. (laughs) But, um, but I did do ballet again in in undergrad just to see like how much of it I retained because I did it when I was a kid. Um, but it's so great because, um, you're, you have that like couple weeks being sore and then you're back to your body is like oh yeah right. I do remember second position and you right. know I <laughs> do remember I do remember this all this French terminology that you of course you have to know is part of the art um so I was happy about that as like a sophomore trying to <laughs> trying to get back in right um it really was like a like prove it to yourself Mm -hmm. that you can still, you know, that you can still, you're still capable of doing this. Um, but I, I started theater over here at Georgia tech university. Okay. Um, which is, you know, really known for engineering, of course, um, you know, and some other things, but they had a great summer theater program and I was in fifth grade Mm. and, uh, I don't I don't I don't think I asked anybody. I don't think I asked my parents, but my mom, you know, and dad was like, "Oh, this this may be good. She loves the arts already." I went and I will never forget I will never forget that theater teacher. I hadn't met anybody like her yet as a 10 year old girl. (laughs) Right. Um, just really spirited and really, um, that's the time I was kind of branching out into terms of listening to other music that I didn't grow up on. Um, I'm a woman of faith. So I did grow up listening to contemporary Christian gospel, um, you know, just kind of praise music. Mm -hmm. Very, very limited. My, my parents are conservative. And so, I I got, that's when I got ace of bass that summer and like, you know, like no doubt that summer and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that was in the 90s and so it, it was really cool and so a little bit of folk and stuff like that, she had a s- singing as well and you learn the importance of warming up, you learn, I mean, obviously learning stage directions and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just seeing as a kid, you're so wide-eyed. I'm still wide-eyed when I see stage lighting. Um, I still have butterflies, you know, when I go on on stage. And I, I haven't been on one in a theatrical uh, way in a while. Um, but, you know, the last time I did it was was college. And right. I still love it. You know, I, I had gone out for this play called Fog. And um, it was crazy because... We obviously don't have snow very often, but I went to Converse College near Greenville, South Carolina.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: Spartanburg for all of you who may know. So shout out to Grace. I'm going to do my shout out to Grace right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> for posting about, um, you know, her talk with you and, mm-hmm. and everything. Or brilliant harpist, brilliant woman, very sweet woman. Um, but we both went to Converse. And um, and so it was it, it was crazy because we were like, okay, we have to stop the play. Right. The play, like everybody's got to go home, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: In the south, like you have a little bit of snow, and that's it. We're everything is shut down. So we went back home and um and uh came back, but I had tried for the lead. It was very it was just a black box. Um, but that was so good, like proving to myself that. I still had my acting chops even from when I was a teenager um, to go and go out for the lead and actually be able to secure that and actually have people in attendance who were students, who were alumni, who were not students, just community folks. That was a lot of fun. Um, You know, it just, and then too, we had a crazy thing where I forgot Good Lord, I don't know how many lines, but (laughs) I had a great cast to reel me in a little bit. Of course, my mom came to the doubt, never forget it, the day that I just everything, I was like, oh my God, (laughs) what am I doing? I lost all of the light, you know, but, you know, we were able to kind of like, you have to finagle it. That's another thing, too, is that you learn, okay. I'm not really a good ad libber, you know. I don't, you know, I'm not good with on the spot right. type of thing. But um, you learn that you you can when you need to,
1: right? Right. You can when you
0: need to, um, you know, because you you want to give people the very best that you can. At least I I do. Um, so a little right. bit about theater, but theater I have so much respect for um people who get up and do that all the
1: time right I, I like the phrase you can when you need to um one of my other guests aaron gandy he said he said the same thing in kind of a different way it's like um you, you figure out what you need to know when you need to know it
0: <laughs> it's yeah kind of the same thing. oh yeah i mean thinking on your feet i think it, it it helps you in in a lot of different aspects of life not just you know. Um, something pertaining to the arts. So yeah,
1: right. Um, mm-hmm. well, let's talk a little bit about flute. When did you? So when did you start w- with flute?
0: Flute was sixth grade,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and I'll back up. I actually started on piano. Okay. In second grade, when I was eight. Okay. And then I was like playing. You know, when you get to the okay, play with both hands. Right. That's when I said you know what? I do not have that kind of coordination. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, I don't want to do this anymore. And my second grade teacher, Ms. Hogan, um, yes, I still remember my teachers. It was back when, you know, you had special teachers who cared and who talked. And like, in my case, I went over some of my teachers' houses. So of course you can't do that sort of thing now, but that was that's something that I cherish about a lot of my teachers, actually. Um, but she, you know this beautiful black woman who is curvy and in charge and demanded excellence. Mm. That is, that's how she was. And so I'm like, I can't do it. And I remember, I think she was one of the first people to say, don't say that you can't do it. (laughs) You know, we got to try first. Right. And um, so I'm glad at least I learned, you know, how to read music with her. And, uh, but I always say in college, like I wish I had, Kept on because, of course, being a, a flute performance major, any kind of performance major, unless you're a pianist or can test out of it, you have to take piano.
1: Right. It's mm-hmm.
0: it's part of the curriculum. So I wish that I had kind of like kept it because now I say piano and I got a divorce. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you
0: know, nice. I, that's I always like right speaking about it. And really, you know, I you know I tried to like it. It just didn't like me.
1: Right. <laughs> Right. One of of my hats is I'm a piano teacher. And, you know, so I always wonder the various ways that uh, when people do quit, it's like, I wonder if they've ever thought about that way. I'm I divorced (laughs) from the piano. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just started coming up with it just just for a laugh when I would talk to people. Right. Um, But, you know, it it, it's important, but, you know, it, it helps you to know that all of this is different kinesthetic stuff. You know, mm-hmm. yes, I play with two hands, obviously, playing the flute, but it's in a different way, right? And you can't, there's no way for you to do uh, one rhythm with one hand and one rhythm with another hand like it is with piano. Um, so s- still coordination, just an- another another way.
1: Right. Know, another, right. Other
0: mechanisms. Exactly. So but I, if I hadn't had that, I don't think I would have continued on. So that particular school, um, my sixth grade school, we had to play something. Right. You had to sing. You had to play something. It was a very small Christian school. And I'm grateful because I uh, probably wouldn't have, you know, I probably would, maybe I would have found it later on, but you never know. There's like alternate realities and, you know out here, you know, where you think like, okay, what would my life have been if I didn't like turn down that road that particular day, that particular time? Like, what if I had stayed in bed that day? So it's like this like philosophical existential thing,
1: (laughs) right? (laughs) Um,
0: You know what I mean? So I'm so glad. Um, But yeah, I just, I started in middle school and um, I was swimming at the time competitively and I was like, Oh, I'm, you know, I do well in my classes. I'm excelling there, but I was not at the top. Right. Once I got to um, seventh grade, I went back to public school for seventh grade. And I was like, this is, this, this needs to change. Right. So when people talk about setting goals as an adult, it's like, God, is that new to you? Mm-hmm. It be. You know, I, I was setting goals when I was a kid because I still wanted, you know, Seventh grade was my first play in school. Right. Um, first, first crack at acting in school, and it was a it was a murder mystery, and I'll never forget it. Yeah, oh, um, nice. It was, I, I I can still see it. I can I still know some of those people. They're still in my life, so that's another right. cool thing. But um, I, I was like, I'm not first chair here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas in it in in middle school, or I'm sorry, in sixth grade. I, there just wasn't a lot of flute, so just like like by default you're you're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you you meet other people who have been taking it seriously, have been taking flute lessons, you know, do have that added support. I I just went one day and asked when I would got to ninth grade. I just wasn't taking it seriously like that. I was still focused on swimming. The time I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer, so it was a very very serious focus, um, and. I said to one of the first chairs, I said, what do you do? Mm. It's just about asking questions. Um, And I knew that, thank God she gave me an answer. She wasn't, you know, one of those snooty kids, like kids can be in in high school. And she told me, I have a flute teacher. And I said, the light bulb came on because I'm like, why did I think about this? Like I have a swim coach, right? Mm -hmm. So why didn't I think, Oh, like somebody who is skilled at this and knows this. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I think about that? Um, so I go and I sign up with the same person that she took. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess she gave me the number, to told me the name of the flute shop. Mm. And um, so shout out to Carreri Music,
1: right? Um,
0: another place I studied here. Um, and shout out to Jean Carreri, who's... Uh, principal of the atlanta ballet orchestra um, and and runs that store uh masterfully she's such a
1: nice <laughs> you have
0: to go you like you yeah. have to you have to go here one day uh she's just on facebook but she's got videos and a linkedin page and she's she's her sound is crazy it sounds like somebody knocking you over um that is what like shocked me about her when i went to study she was different right. from some of the other flutes i study, they all have a particular sound. Um, no matter who you study with, it's all slightly different. Right. Um, you know, the the type of metal, whether you have a gold flute, a silver-plated flute, a, you know, a sterling silver flute, a platinum flute, those are all very different sounds, actually.
2: Right. Um,
0: and you get these adjectives like light and dark, or, you know, for me, I would always be told, you play with a lot of color. And that comes from my undergraduate professor, too, um, Dr. Beneman, Christopher Beneman at Converse. And he would use a lot of, um, I guess my love of poetry, like kind of came in. He would, he used to, there was a difficult passage I'll never forget. He said, he didn't say play like a waterfall. He said, play a waterfall. Mm -hmm. And then I started. And so for you musicians out there who have a hard time, Cluster things together when it's a passage that you can't get. Right. Don't just play all eight notes. If it's, you know, if the passage is, let's see if I can remember um my what I'm gonna just sing right this right this second. da da mm-hmm. If I want to get that right,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I can't just blaze through that. I da da-da, da Da-da-da. Da, 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 da. Like you're adding
2: mm-hmm.
0: two notes, three notes, like, and then if you mess up, you go back. You don't just keep going. Right. You go back to the beginning until you can master that. Just chunking. Right. Two notes, four notes, six notes. Da, 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 da.
1: Right. And
0: then the more that you do that, oh, it's so you just breeze through it, but you, that's correct repetition, right?
1: Right. Yeah. People
0: used to say, like, uh, I'm going to say this really quick thing. Um, they used to say practice makes perfect, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. Right. Because my sixth grade band teacher, another one I'll never forget. If you practice it wrong,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you'll play it wrong. Right. And and that's for all of the performing arts. Right. Um, if you, if you get the, if you, you know, memorize a line wrong, you are going to say it wrong. Right. So it really is about like, Perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah, I was about
1: to say that's that's how I've actually heard that expressed. Yeah, when it's corrected. Um, you know, what the way I understand it is when you practice, you're making connections or you're making channels from your subconscious to whatever you used to play. So what you have to do Mm -hmm. is when you're practicing, you're training that subconscious to what what should it be expecting in terms of how does this feel, how does this look, how does this sound and if you don't do it consistently you'll never get it at all but if you do it consistently wrong that's exactly what you'll get so you have to consistently train and that's why the tempo doesn't even matter as much as rep as consistency and right. being an, an awareness of what you're doing so uh, that's oh yeah
0: because if you can get it slow take that metronome out and Yep. just gradually crank it. And I think people even, and I know are different types, but I had one at the time that was like every two, right. Every, like every two, like if you started at 70, then just go to 72. Some of them are more like every, you know, they have a click every four, but um, yeah,
1: nice. <laughs> just,
0: just, if you, you just speed it up and depending on how many hours a day you practice, you'll be so surprised I'll never forget, like junior and senior year, I was, pr- I just kicked it up to five, like five and five and a half hours. And I wanted mm-hmm. to throw my flute against the wall. I was so tired because what I did was um, get up and work out, breakfast, class, practice, other class, practice, lunch, practice, mm-hmm. dinner, practice mm-hmm. and it was like literally and so it was spaced out but I was like this is what it's going to take for me to play the level of music at this degree of difficulty right you just like it's not enough to be like yeah I practiced for an hour today Woo! like okay that's and then you have other people mm-hmm. that are in your studio that are, are practicing six, seven, eight hours a day. And so it makes your two hours look like nothing. And then when you think about, I want to be principal, you know, or I want to win a competition or something like that. Yes, it is going to take that. It takes way more effort than you think.
2: Right. That's
0: something that I started saying at the beginning of this year, um, with some people I was mentoring, Um, who who also are trying to, um, kind of fill out their LinkedIn and, and, and do different things. And so I said, okay, what is in your power?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You can join, you can volunteer. Not only can you volunteer, you can be a program chair. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay.
0: And that's something that can go on. You can be in an association. I actually just, um, We'll be starting with the Association of Fundraising Professionals because that's a secondary love of mine is is in kind fundraising and doing galas and things like that um, for a lot of different folks, all nonprofit, but especially for for the arts and um, and for the Elaine Clark Center who I work with here in Chamblee, Georgia. It's um, special in developmental disabilities, so that's it's right. just fun to. Uh, you know, get really cool prizes that people can, can vote on, but also know that that money that they're bidding is going towards the use of, um, or not the use, but the promulgation of um, our therapy resources for those children. Right. um, And making sure that they get the type of education that they cannot get in a, in a traditional school. So when I see that, it's fun for me. It's not work. Like you, can you guys give me a spa treatment that I can auction Mm -hmm. off? Great. Like that's, that's not even, how can you say that's work? That's just great. You just, you do the outreach, you write a compelling story. That's it.
1: Right. Um, So before we switch gears, um, I I just wanted to ask, so, you know, you talked about being in plays, you know, in theater, and you've also talked about playing flute. Did those worlds ever collide? Did you ever get to play flute for musical theater? Uh,
0: not for musical theater. That's like such a, um, it's, it's like a regret of mine. I I hope that maybe when the uh, pandemic is over, I can I did play, um, with operas. Right. Uh I, I did play for the Georgia State University Opera. Okay. Um, which, you know, people really downplay co- uh collegiate opera programs, but there right. are some really talented people. Right. Um, you know, and obviously they go on to be in professional companies. So I I loved it, but that pit, can I just tell you how freezing?
2: <laughs>
0: this was 10 years ago and I can still tell you how freezing it was for me to play (laughs) a metal instrument for those of you who know science (laughs) (laughs) in what felt like 50 degrees right Um, people had on. of course you know it's black but you know uh, we had on, um, especially flutists and, and like woodwind players in particular, had on the mittens that were um, like fingerless, I guess you could call them. So half of your finger is, or half of your hand is covered. Thank God. Right. <laughs> because eventually it gets so cold that things are not working as quickly as you would like for them to because it's so cold. Yeah. Uh, and so just enough to, to where the pads of your fingers were out. Um, yeah. I don't think I I don't think we really talked
1: about this before, but, you know, you know, the actors. So when it comes to theater, actors have a lot of pulling power and actors will say, I am so hot in this costume. Can we please turn down the air? And so that gets turned down. But the problem is Mm -hmm. heat rises and the pit is at the bottom.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's (laughs) right. And so we it's a lot of, you know, and I, I guess that's just like a it's kind of habitual for me um right. but everybody really does it um a lot of flutes do it i can't speak for you know other woodwinds i'm sure that they probably do as well um at least the ones that i've played with you know you just are constantly blowing air through your instrument just to try to keep that warm sound because of course that's affecting your pitch mm-hmm. and so in the middle of a piece there's no pulling out a tuner you've got to it's time to go. And, um, I played, I was playing Carmen. And so of course there's a big, huge solo for flute, um, that I was shaking in my boots about.
1: (laughs) Well, it it might not be like, you know, what we call, you know, strict musical theater, but, you know, playing for Carmen, you know, that does qualify you. You have had life in the pit. You have played in the pit. Yes.
0: Yes. But you know what? Musical theater music Mm -hmm. is so hard as somebody who really never played. I still really haven't played a lot of pop. I played a little, just a tiny, like maybe two or three pieces. Mm -hmm. um, When I was in the Metropolitan Youth Symphony here in Atlanta, Um, a lot of people, you know, we have a couple of like talent, what they call talent development programs. So the Atlanta Symphony Youth Orchestra, um, um, I may have that acronym wrong, but you know, the youth version, right um, you know, and um, they are all, those are serious, serious teenagers. Mm-hmm. Very serious. A lot of them sound just as good, if not better than some people that you see who are, you know, trying to obtain their bachelor's. Um, you know, and, and they make some of the best some of the best musicians out there so i played like you know some pink panther i remember that right. so, but the way that they dictate like or not dictate notate that music mm-hmm. it's so hard i'm like why do we have you know a triple e dotted you know eighth note or something oh, like what? right <laughs> <laughs> how can i quantify this, like this- beyond nice. my my realm of being able to quantify how short that is so it's, it's 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 a little crazy but um but when you hear it it sounds just perfect but yeah I would like to because you know Celtic flute pop flute
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know mar- marching bit ba- like marches with marching bands and stuff like that um all that is very different right it's very different those are very different genres um you know, right. And especially far from my some of my favorite composers. I, I, I respect some other composers like Mozart and Brahms and so on and so forth. But obviously, I'm going to be excited for people who wrote um, a lot for the flute and, in my opinion, used the flute in a in a skillful way. Right. A lot of, t- you know, when ensemble we're the star of the show wins, but in an orchestra, you most certainly are not. Um, the strings are the focal point and so a lot of times it's it's so string heavy that you can't even hear mm-hmm. flutes the oboe the clarinet whatever is going on you just hear a whole lot of strings and a whole lot of brass and maybe some percussion that's it <laughs> like, right <laughs> so I'm like uh, okay why am I hearing it right you know and, and there are two or three flutists in an orchestra as opposed to there's there's 50 violins right you know so uh, that's 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 a lot to project over um, mm-hmm. that's the skill that we have um right. but,
1: yeah yeah well the I, nice thing I, about the pit is you're seldom outnumbered <laughs> by the violins but <laughs> yeah I
0: mean that's the great thing too yeah. is that it's it's actually more of back to a wind symphony or wind ensemble type of um group because you only have you know, two of everything, maybe two here, one here. You may have, you know, you may have a bassoonist or you may have like somebody, you know, you're going to have like one electric guitarist, you know, as opposed to all this other stuff. But I like, you know, that's the fun part, I think, um, of the pit Mm -hmm. is um, sometimes you're paired with instruments that you might normally, um, that you might, you know, not normally play with. Um, There's not a drum kit on a symphony stage a lot of times, um, that's modern music, mm-hmm. you know, but it, you're not going to see it with Mahler. <laughs> right. So, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's so cool. Um, it really is. Right. So,
1: um, so where I'd like to go now is, um, I, I think you have a background that a lot of listeners might relate to, if not now, eventually. And that is the idea that although playing music professionally whether it's in a pit or somewhere else it's uh, you know it's a lot of fun and very rewarding um, you, you have to be in the right situation and have a lot to go right for a performance career to become a full-time career so uh, you've found ways to make uh, a living in the arts that's not necessarily with your instrument <laughs> so let's talk about yeah. when did you when did you decide, first of all, that that might be an option for you?
0: Honestly, I, I guess I have to go back to, um, I guess I'll say the, the the time that I decided to make a change mm-hmm. was three years ago, almost four years ago now. Um, but 2017, I was in my home, which is a three-story townhouse, and... Um, <laughs> I was looking at LinkedIn actually, and I was like, I really don't know this <laughs> program, but I want to fuse because I had done an event after I graduated. I got two degrees in music. I wanted to be a, a, a professor at the time, but you know, you have the the that question, that just that that prodigal question that comes around all the time. Do you have experience? Mm-hmm. And, of course, you're thinking, and how am I supposed to get it mm-hmm. if you don't give me an opportunity? How I mean, nobody was a college professor until that person, that panel, uh, gave them a chance to be one. Right. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, that's with every single job sector out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you did not, at 10 years old, you were not driving a Mack truck. You know, right. it's just it's something that somebody said, okay, you know what? You're a hard worker. I'm going to give you a job or based off of your resume and the people who vouch for you professionally, we're going to give you the opportunity. We feel like you could, you could do this. You're capable. Mm -hmm. So um, I started looking and I said, it would be great if I could fuse my love of events. I did an event in 2012 that was um, the event was national at the time, but it had Uh, individual host. Mm -hmm. The premise of the event was to celebrate um, natural hair advocacy, which is another passion of mine. People with naturally curly, kinky, and textured, locked hair. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I said, why is Atlanta not being represented? Okay, I, I can figure this out. And a lot of my friends at the time were entrepreneurs and had their own natural hair companies. And so what I did was I said, okay, I can reach out to them. This is easy. Fast forward, I did an event, had some help and pulled together 90 people in two weeks. We had 90 people show up. So I said, that was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. I drafted some sponsorship things. Didn't even know that that was really what certain things were called. And um, I was like, I love this. This is, oh, it's again, it's a lot of work, but I was like, if I could fuse special events um you know which I had attended a lot and you know just always kind of took mental notes like I would do this differently this could have used some improvement um you know just taking those notes and then writing them down later if I confuse that with being still around artists and um musicians that would be the best of both worlds so mm-hmm. being a special events coordinator at and at a Opera company or a place like the Woodruff Arts Center here in Atlanta that houses a museum, mm-hmm. a, you know, an arts museum, and houses the Atlanta Symphony. Um, and the Woodruff Arts Center that would be
2: right. that would
0: be the best thing. That would be the best thing. So um, I started typing in special events director, special events manager, words like that. Right. And um, and then I also just started typing in. I would look at okay type in flutist and see what did those people do Mm -hmm. that are directors are managers, whatever title you want to use. And I said, Oh, they all had internships. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because unfortunately I don't think that's really preached in our industry, whether it's visual arts or performing arts, there doesn't seem to be a lot of, um, Hey, focus on your craft, go grab your paintbrush you know, get in there and do your printmaking or get in there and practice your robot. But then you need to have some tech skills as well in case you decide you want to branch off and work, you know, as, you know, community engagement or special events or marketing. Those are all um, avenues that you can take that are still driving the mission of supporting young artists Um, giving them a place to play. Like that was, for me, I always had a place to go. Those places, those places existed for me to go and take dance for me to go and practice my instrument. If those places did not exist, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have that opportunity to, to hone and sharpen my skills. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to do. If you're talking about being a professional at anything, right? Anything. Um, So I'm, that's really where I started. I said, okay, I need to get this experience because you are going back to the basics. I had never worked in a nonprofit and, and, and that's what most museums, symphonies, orchestra, you know, whatever, that's what they are, dance companies. Most of them are, they fall into that. So I got into nonprofit by default. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some of them out there that I think are, are for nonprofit, but for the most part a lot of them are nonprofits. And so uh, I said, okay, I just need to go. So learning Excel and all of that, it's a little bit of a challenge for me. I'm not a tech girl, but um, I will hopefully this, this quote resonates, which is eliminate the nose, which I feel like, you know, God gave me that quote. I'm not going to take any credit (laughs) for it at all. Cause like it just, it just came to me. And so, um, but what I mean by eliminate the nose is, there are a lot of blockades that are built up mm-hmm. um, that I believe that are built up just in my own interviewing, my own observation. Um, people will say, oh, you want to do events, but you haven't done a zoo event. Mm-hmm. Forget all the other 50 events that you've done professionally. <laughs> you haven't done this one little niche thing. And what they're not realizing is, is that if you've done one, yes, there's a learning curve to some things, but you probably do that. If you've done them for a church or if you've done them for, Mm -hmm. you know, socially, there is still some similarities there, you know, a convention, um, you know, that's a very large event, but it's still a type of event, just like a workshop is that's very small with 15 people. So, it, it, it's kind of weird. You know, people are are throwing these things at you. We want this particular one little um, cookie cutter, one dimensional type of person <laughs> to right. get this role. And so, but it, when they say, if I say, David, have you ever worked in a piano shop? The answer is yes or no. It's mm-hmm. not maybe. Right. So that's the thing is I don't want people to have that no. I want them to get the things they need in terms of um, whether that's, you know, cleaning up their resume or saying, yeah, I've had an internship. So now technically, Mm -hmm. have you worked in an internship or have you worked in a nonprofit? Yes. Right. It's just that, you know, it's that easy. So um, how many years of experience do you have? The answer is zero or a number. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. So, uh, you know, in May of 2018, the answer was, uh, or I'm sorry, in April of 2018, the answer was zero. Right. And now I can say over two years. So eliminate those no's, like the t- the amount of time that you have to say no, you know, really look in a detailed way about the job descriptions. You have to learn to... to um, read through the lines with those because some things are, are misleading. Mm-hmm. Um, a word like services, for example, if you want to be a volunteer coordinator, if you see volunteer services coordinator, that's the person who's doing all the grimy work. Right. You know, you have to, to, to uh, be able to really know what that's saying and see, okay, it, is this going to bother me? Is this going to stress me out? So um even if you're a finance degree, you know, well, Keeney, okay, my, my degree is finance or accounting. That's great. But guess what? Symphonies still need accountants. Right. So that's a place that you can look that may be outside of what you th- thought you wanted to go into. And a lot of those places, they they really are not requiring you know everything there is to know about ballet. Right. Um, but they are requiring that you be notch
1: for a county right okay you know? uh yeah. so one little one kind of selfish question that i have is <laughs> uh when i graduated college
0: um and where did you go tell me where you went
1: oh i well, I, I went to college in, in jacksonville university but then i then i got my graduate degree at north carolina school of the arts and that degree was in film scoring and when i graduated though you know uh and one of my classmates uh he went on to an internship and mm-hmm. i mean i say classmate he was a year ahead of me but he's he's okay. been successful uh he was he was able to get an inter- uh, inter- internship with mike post uh which was um and he's he's done some films he's worked with hans zimmer a little bit uh, so i'm talking about oh,
2: um, wow a name drop
1: i'm talking about atlee orverson and um you know, and of course you find out all... You can stop at
0: Hans Zimmer. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, <yeah.
1: laughs> uh, so, I
0: mean, I think everybody, people right. who, I think sometimes even people who don't know jack about music or film, they, you know, they've seen his name enough to kn- know. So you
1: find yeah, out about wow. his success, you, you know, I mean, 10 years after the fact. So, you know, you, know, you don't know what, how this internship is going to benefit him. But the question that I had, and I didn't, I, I, I wasn't aggressive enough to ask at the time was um i don't have any i I need to make some money so i can pay the bills To say i can't do this volunteer how do people manage uh who are who don't have like a nice savings account (laughs) how do they manage an internship and i'm here
0: i i know i'm still trying to come up with the, the best answer for that, right? Um, because I did have to make a lot of sacrifices. Um, last year, I actually went off to um, Apple Farm Arts and Music Campus up in mm-hmm. southern New Jersey, and it was a very unique program because it was a full-time internship, which most places are not. I was working forty um, in summer 40-plus hours mm-hmm. um, a week, and I still got comp time, vacation time, sick time, very unique um, type of, um, internship, but I will say definitely go after these things while you can kind of, um, kind of, before you know, kind of, or what I should say is while you have the time, right. um, and, you know, it, it's a lot easier to, to, to live humbly when you're 22 than 32. So, right. um, but for me, it was about, I'm going to move 730 miles away because, you know, it, it, it was just a unique place. It's a, like I said, it's an arts, arts education nonprofit. Um, but I just liked everything that they had to offer. And I said, I got to do this because this place is going to allow me the autonomy to do, I literally did 30 events in 10 months. It's a lot. Right. So it's a, it's a ton, but then at least I have those. Mm -hmm. I can say that I have those. I I have, you know, I would also say really pay attention to um, your figures so that you can put them in your resume. Um, How many people did you, did this program help or did you serve? Or, you know, how did you increase social media when you were do when you were running the social media marketing for this group? But I, it, it, it's hard because, um, you know, you still need that. I think one thing that you could do that I will say um, that, that may be helpful is just to, it's okay to, to do some bargaining. Um, my first internship was with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Metro Atlanta, and that's a recognizable name mm-hmm. to, to everybody, I, I feel like, at this point, um, Big Brothers Big Sisters. But it was unpaid.
2: Right. Um,
0: and so I, I did actually, I worked my butt off. Mm -hmm. I worked from 10 to four, um, Monday through Thursday. And then in the afternoon, you know, we have our transit system, Marta, I would 20 minutes from midtown back up to where I am, which is in North Atlanta Mm -hmm. and throw on some baby powder, grab some snacks and then go to, at the time I was working at Marshalls and Banana Republic.
2: Hmm.
0: So not glamorous, not a passion project, not a, not a place that I was thrilled about being, but I, I still, first of all, I had a supportive family, thankfully.
2: Right. <laughs> during
0: that time. Cause I just knew it was going to be, it was going to be rough, but I would say, um, you know, see, Let them know. I mean, if you're starting from the bottom, no experience, you may have to do what they call pay your dues and still have your other job and just simply explain to somebody that, you know, what can I do? And now I think the pandemic has made it such that you can say, you know, how, how many hours is this requiring because I still do have financial obligations. Right. But if you need to learn that program, if you need to, you know learn how to write a blog or you know gain another skill or learn excel or what you know whatever you know how many hours you can devote to it You're right and then you know how you know talk to your your place of employment are they willing for you to work is this truly some things that you can do at home because you could still have now with the pandemic i think people are realizing oh you know what as long as you have a computer and some wi-fi there's some things that you might be able to do from home. right? Um, so s- continue working your full-time job, but it may require you staying up later right. to do, you know, to get those extra skills in, you know, it may require you sending an email at 11 or 12 PM that you, you know, that's your supervisor um, where you're interning can then respond to you about right. or you can set up a phone, you know, you have to, or get up early. You may, you have to make some concessions. You really do. There's no other way around it in terms of if you're an older person with, with responsibilities. Right. Um, but it's, it's still like, there are some places you are just not going to be able to break in, Even with transferable skills, transferable skills are very important. Um, just because I was, you know, a cashier and a merchandising coordinator, um, Coordination is coordination. Right. Um, you still have to work with people. Um, mm-hmm. I am happen to be bilingual. I speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. So that's something that everybody can use. You know, every it looks good for everybody. Um, being empathetic, I consider myself a very empathetic woman. That's mm-hmm. a type of person that you want on your team. Um, being a leader, you know, don't don't forget about all of the, oh, I was in, you know, I I led you know, the debate team and things like that, that's okay. They don't have to know what year it was. Right. You let it, that's it, put it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially if it's something that you excelled at, you know, and it really is about some good record keeping too. Cause when I was brushing up my curriculum vitae to send over to you, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to put a whole bunch of stuff in here. Right. But I had, believe it or not, Facebook. Yep. To go back to I would post where I was and I could just you know okay poetry something type it in and I was like oh I have all these flyers and all this stuff from years ago that Facebook thankfully has kept for me right <laughs> so I right. can I can fill out my CV now right. um, so there are some things that I mean I think that's the it's not the perfect answer but it is a realistic answer it's, right. it it will be worth it if you truly want to get into that field um you know it'll be worth it for you to to say that okay I'm trying to be a museum administrator and I've worked at a museum and volunteering I will say this too this is one thing I really want to say talk to make sure you do your industry interview what I call an industry interviews Mm -hmm. where you if you want to get into guest relations for example Talk to the guest relations manager, ask her how how he or she got into into that position, their career trajectory, what they did, what they didn't do. Ask them to, you know, can I have a digital version Mm -hmm. of letterhead, um, you know, based off of what I have done for you. Try to volunteer for a span and not just the day of, okay, because that's showing longevity. It's showing that you've been, you know, here working you're probably passionate about this particular place Mm -hmm. so you know ask them for a linkedin recommendation i went from zero things on my linkedin to five recommendations just for asking you just you gotta ask right you have to ask right um it's that simple and 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 learning how to phrase um that email for what your professional ask is mr lane i am trying to um fill out my LinkedIn Mm -hmm. um, resume and fill it out. And, you know, would you mind endorsing me for leadership? Would you mind endorsing me for whatever it is? Right. Um, So that you're asking them for exactly what you want and let that gauge whether or not you want to be there. If somebody can't even give you a LinkedIn recommendation and endorse you, which takes uh, whatever, 10 minutes, um, especially if you're a conscientious worker, you have, you know, good work ethic. Do you really want to volunteer at right. that place anyway? So let that be a gauge to see, Hey, no, have confidence. You have something to offer just like they need volunteers, but you you need your stuff too. So you have to go after getting it.
1: Right. Now I feel like we've offered hints about it, um, about mm-hmm. what it is that you you do. Uh, so when you're mm-hmm. planning events, but you know maybe just for the benefit of the you know the layperson who who doesn't know what goes on, what mm-hmm. what generally speaking, I know one event's probably different from another, but what are some general things that you can expect you're going to have to do when when you know that an event's coming up and you've got to plan it?
0: You've got to be organized. Let me. That's my happy planner. I have so many other things that are off camera that I, right. um, that I use. And and I'll just grab these too. just cute little stickers. Do what you, um, I, I love color probably mm-hmm. because I'm an artist. Right. <laughs> um, but I would not be able to make it without, I happen to have a photographic memory. So that's just a God given, you yeah. know, you either have one or you don't, right. <laughs> but, um, but, um, without this, this, my phone and mm-hmm. my planner, that would be, that would be really rough. I use sticky notes. I use Google keep. Um, I use my handwritten planner to because I like to make sure that um, I'm covered on both bases. Okay. Mm-hmm. That I, if I, for whatever reason, I got tired that night, went to bed um, and it's not in my phone, but it's in here. Mm-hmm. It's in my written planner. Right. Um, utilize your alarms on your phone. A lot of people don't do that. Or even with their meetings, like a Zoom meeting or or some a calendar invite, most people don't take the time to change that little bell that says 10 minutes. Yeah. Like alarm, 10 minutes till I uh-uh, don't do that. For me, I have it an hour or two hours. That way, if I'm on the other, if I'm in East Atlanta Village on the other side of town from me, oh. It went off in an hour. I have an hour to get back in front of my computer or where I need to be. Right. So use it to your advantage a little bit more, like, Mm -hmm. you know, 30 minutes out or whatever you need, especially if you have a busy, if you have a busy day. When I was still an intern at Apple Farm, we would have several meetings with different teams Mm -hmm. throughout the week. So you, you absolutely have to, um, have that in some kind of planner, or, or you're going to be screwed. Right, you, you really are. So it's about you know if you need something, yeah, markers, yeah, <laughs> markers, pens, or something like that. Um, it's about really being micro organized to right. me. Like if I, you know, if I, um, I work with several different organizations. One being the Ash Academy, I'm um, the director of event operations over there virtually, and they. It's it's cool to be able to work with people in California all the way from here, and um, we have some events coming up. That's an arts and and tech,
2: right? Um, you know
0: this the STEM the STEM field um, group that's helping students of color. So if I have notes about that or a notebook about that, that has nothing to do with um, the Elaine Clark Center. You know the special uh, and developmental needs. So. I, I have those in two separate books. I may make a note in pink and another in purple or whatever, whatever system that you need. Um, you know, I think I gravitate towards using the color as a tool because when things are beautiful to look at, I tend to look at them. Mm-hmm. So that's actually where that come from. It's not really something silly um, that I did just, to, just because. It's actually... If something is plain, like I may I may overlook it, but if it's if it's in bright red and orange, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm probably gonna to, to to take note of that.
1: Right. Um,
0: and so that that lets me know, oh, this is high priority. Take a look at this, and that's how I need in order to go from the macro level down. So that's the first place to start. But um, I think just get grabbing your calendar, knowing how many months. Or a year in advance, you need to start doing what? Um, for example, we have our date for our gala next year. Um, uh, one of them I'm working on is in October and the mm. other one is in August. Well, it sounds like a long time away, but it's not. Right. <laughs> you, have to, um, you have to think or either, del- in my case, I'm delegating to our social media person. I want this newsletter to go out this date. I want these save the dates out on this date. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're kind of working from the back forward, if that makes sense. Right. Like eleven months out, I need to do this. Nine months out, six months out, etc. So, but you have to think all that all that through. So it's a lot of writing down. Actually, it's a lot of like scratch work. Right. Um, it's a lot of, and then too, it's keeping in mind that in this particular thing for a gala for a fundraiser. Mm-hmm people don't check their emails as much as you would think they're not as responsive. So if I send out an email on Monday, that person may not look at until Thursday. Right. So you have to build that time in as well. You know, for right now, it's a holiday. Mm -hmm. That means if I want something to happen January 6th, which I have a date January 6th that I have to keep up in my mind, that means I do need to go ahead and send it today because you lose Christmas Christmas Eve, some people start taking off several days before Christmas. Right. Um, you lose New Year's, you lose New Year's Eve, right? Mm-hmm. You just lost five days where people are probably not going to be looking at their phones. Right. So you have to think about it that way. Or, oh, Super Bowl's coming up. Oh, Valentine's Day weekend is coming up. You have to remember those types of things. And so you really, you need more time than you think. Right. Um, you're never going to be in a bad spot. to go to start planning earlier as opposed to saving things to the last minute. Um, You know, so just reaching out to partners or sponsors or things like that, that all has to be done ahead of time. And also because some companies have specific guidelines. They only donate once every other year. They may only look at your proposal nine months out. I mean, that's so you have to have your marketing materials ready for that so if you're doing an event on your own like I did with my poetry workshop um, entitled Quills and Curls that focused on self-esteem and and natural hair and we had four Atlanta poets come out and share and talk about chapbooks and talk about how to get published and ate a little thing and then that was it right you know gave a little a goodie bag you have to write all that down. I wrote down the color scheme that I wanted. I wrote down the decorations that I wanted. I wrote down um, my entrepreneurial friends that I wanted to reach out to that had products that um, centered around that theme mm-hmm. that I was going for. Um, because it has to make sense. Right. You know, so you don't have to have a theme, but it it, it will help you. So that's really where I go. Um, and I may grab an intern as well um to just be like hey these are the things that i need um done or an assistant these are the things that i need done
2: nice.
0: um but yeah i think and you have to just be no one can teach you how to be quick on your thing uh, on your feet right
2: mm-hmm. right that's
0: can't you can't be taught that but that but that is definitely part of it you know deep being detail oriented, being quick on your thing, um, being quick on your feet and also just being polite and personable because if something goes awry, for example, if you go to uh, what, remind me what city you're in again.
1: Uh, I'm in Winston-Salem.
0: You're in Winston-Salem. Okay. Um, if you, cause I think, cause I know some stores you guys may not have, may not have, that's right. what I'm trying to think. But if you go into a grocery store, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the person says, hold on sir i'll be right back right they told you what is happening as opposed to just walking off to aisle five right and you're sitting there like where did he Mm
1: -hmm. where did he go right what are you
0: what's going on did he just ignore me right you so tell people what you're doing right that's giving good customer service well I didn't learn that from music. I learned that from Marshalls and Macy's. Right. <laughs> so nice. I would tell the person I'm going to do this and give me one second. And I noticed, you know, just people's, people's level of patience mm-hmm. and tolerance for whatever is happening is better. So even when something goes awry with, with one of the events, I'm telling them, um, I'm going to check on this or I'm going to call my supervisor, just give me a few minutes and I'll be right back. So right. you, that's that's a part of it. Um, I certainly appreciate when people do that. And I think others do as well. And you have to have a good team. That's my last thing. Volunteers. Right. <laughs> uh, this
1: has been very informative, This is uh, this is not a subject that uh, that I know much about. So it's been great to have your uh, talk on that. I guess, a, the you know, we've we talked early on about why this might be of interest to a lot of my uh, my audience, you know, who are either pit musicians or wanting to play in the pit, and that being just, it might not be something that you can do full time. You know, you, you you might have to have another job, and if you have to have another job, why not consider something that's arts related? Um, so, so I guess um, the the last thing that I would would just say is, um, is this something that a pit musician can do and keep their nighttime job you know play play at night you know for the shows
0: (laughs) absolutely oh and and still be able to do something that may be in an arts administration during the day yes i think so um i think you know because the thing is is that and i and you can you can help me but i'm assuming that shows you know shows don't go on forever they don't you know it's not three months straight necessarily. No. They may be, you know, two weeks here or a month's engagement here or, you know, whatever it's not, but it's not going to be every single day. So I think that, um, and even with events or something else like that, you know, donor events or, or whatever the case may be, there's not an event every day.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> and so I think that's the cut. Cause everybody's like, Oh, you have to give up your Saturdays. You have to give up your, you know, not every Saturday right. <laughs> it's okay. Um, you know, so I, I think, yeah, and and just that, especially for those people who eat, live, and breathe music.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and they really do just want to be doing that. And then there's there's a high with right. doing that. I know because I did it. Right. Um you can still, you know, work on during the day. Um, you know, if if you're looking to go into that. Like I said, look at some of those, those job descriptions. Just, you know, Google it. Google is your friend, as my as my dear friend would say. Right. And see, okay, do I know Microsoft Word or how can I? Because there's a lot of free information um, online. I'm not necessarily like a YouTube person, but there are some webinars that mm-hmm. people may find interesting. Vomo, V-O-M-O-V- Like Victor mm-hmm. um, is a good and an M like Mary, VOMO mm-hmm. is a good a good nonprofit webinar um, for, for people to take. It's totally free. All you need mm-hmm. is time. <laughs>
2: right. They're
0: usually during the day. Um, and then fire spring is another one. That's really great. And they give you a certificate at the end. They also give you the notes from the webinar. So as long as you register, even if you miss it, you can go back and watch that information at a time that's more convenient for you.
2: Right. Um,
0: I think that's, Fantastic, Mailchimp I think has some things, and um, HubSpot.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: HubSpot um, is the kind of like the marketing right. um, one, and so, and then also LinkedIn Learning. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff um, on that one in a lot of different categories. Um, so fill in those gaps, those mm-hmm. skill gaps. Fill in that you know. Um, And start trying to, there's some also some Facebook groups where you can join, where there are people who are professional already doing this, that are open to looking over your resume, um, if you have a question. Right. giving them your insight and you just type it in and a moderator, you know, lets the Facebook question through and you literally, for the ones that are active and participatory, they're great. Right. Because I joined a marketing one, even though marketing is a, is a secondary lane. Right. Um, but people actually respond. And that's what I'm looking for. I hate when you post something and somebody likes it and you're like, this right. was a question. I want an answer. Right. <laughs> give me an answer to this. And so it's, it's so much fun when you get, you know, a really active crew um, or if there isn't one, start one because that's a resource that people need. Right. Um, and it's not as, it's not as, you know, it's not as hard to start those things as you, as you might think. Right. Um, reaching out um, to people and you have to be comfortable with what I call cold emailing. Right. I really try to stress that when I'm talking to people. Um, you know, if, if, if David is in charge of, um, community programming and I want to be a community program manager, then I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to him. Hey, is there anything that I can do to help? Is there anything coming up? You have to be willing to, um, donate your time and you have to be willing to spend a little bit of time on that about us Mm -hmm. uh, page that every company has and see who's over what, okay, this is where I need to go to contact these folks. Right. So um, I think there are a lot of, you know, hopefully those resources are, are valuable to somebody out there and you can, you can start to really, you know, because they're going to want to see certain softwares, certain skills, and it doesn't always have to be, um, oh, an arts administration thing. Make it personable to you. You know, if, if, if you want to learn graphic design and how to make a flyer, pretend it's for one of your pit gigs coming up, right? You get what I'm saying? So that your Mm -hmm. mind is a little bit more engaged and you're not saying this doesn't pertain to me. No, it does make it about you. Right. Make it about what you're doing. Um, and then just give it to the person. Hey, this was for and this is a flyer that's representative of what I did on um, Canva, which is another good resource for people to, to check out. Um, that's free. Right. And I'm not a graphic designer, but I did work with those 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 designers to create my flyer. And so I'm really good about the vision, but they do what I call actualizing it. Mm. Right because right. I don't have the Adobe illustrator skills yet, mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> right. yet, but um, I, I could, I can say, okay, I know RGB. I want this specific blue. I want this type of font, you know, giving people ideas. You know, I want to put this over here in the bottom right corner. I know how to kind of give those, those orders, but with Canva, you can go in and kind of mix and match and do what you need to do. And, it it requires learning and and we don't always get that learning when we're pursuing our performance degrees or music ed degrees or music technology degrees. Right. You know, so it's a, it's a good, you know, or theater degrees. Mm -hmm. So it's a good time to start any, any time is a good time to start. Right. Um, But you have to be willing to make that sacrifice and not binge watch something for a day and and just sit down. Right. (laughs)
1: Right. That's true. Right. One of the hard things for me that, uh, that I think it's been about a year since I heard this for the first time. Um, if you want to be really creative and really good at your work, you need to get comfortable with being unplugged and bored just a little bit, you know, just to give your mind a little freedom. So, so one of the challenges mm-hmm. for me sometimes is, uh, don't play anything if, when I'm walking. I like to go walking, but I also like to listen to a podcast or listen to an okay. audio book or listen to music um so it's, every now and then i gotta tell myself no let's just have the silence around you know
0: yeah it you know i i am what i call a suburban girl i had to say city girl um right. up in in new jersey because uh elmer which is the town apple farm is in is so incredibly small was, mm. there's since i left there's 824 people wow,
1: yeah. <laughs> nice
0: it's not it's not big at all but you can see the stars and you can breathe deeply and clearly which is a lot different from you know um even even a suburb where you still will hear a siren every now and then and so um you know it, it although i i could never i could never live out there forever with the, right with the, the crickets and stuff it did give me more of an appreciation you know, of that. And I said, you know, I can start incorporating this more even when I, um, you know, leave this particular program right. and, um, and this, and leave this job. And and I did. So it just happened to be, I went to Trees Atlanta after I moved back in the fall of 19. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the, I've, I've continued uh, thank God there's been an avenue for me to still do environmental work. Um, right you know, while arts administration is on a whole. But like I said, join a committee. Um, I'm, I'm a diversity fellow. Um, mm-hmm. As of last week, I just got a, uh, an email saying that I was one of 12 to, to um, you know, be a, a fellow and learn from people who are already in fundraising professionally. Oh. Uh, so do that. Those, those types of things, um, they look really great on resumes. So there are things that you can be doing in the interim. And I think that that's going to be important for people to know, because I don't think that January 1st, it's going to click over and COVID will not exist anymore.
2: (laughs) That's not,
0: that's not going to be a reality. But um, I do think that, like I said, what can you do? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: These are things that you can do. You can, you can bone up that, Um, that volunteering because you never know, they could be a volunteer coordinator role for you um, at the ballet that you can do. And if you have a really great supervisor um, that is supportive of your dream, which sometimes could be hard to find, um, but they do exist, Mm -hmm. then you may still be able to have a thriving, you know, I'm at the pit, you know, Or to be able to say, you know, if it's big enough to where there's an assistant under you Mm -hmm. and you've got your calendar of your pit dates, Mm -hmm. then just say, hey, February 13th, I'm not available. The 21st of March, I'm not available. You know, whatever it is, and have that other person to to be in there to to still make sure that things flow. Um, But you're there every other day, you know, You're, you're there every other day. So I think it's definitely possible um, to still, you know, tap into arts administration during during the day, and and have that be, um, you know, a, a good source of income for you too. Nice. It's not; it may not be as much as an astrophysicist, right? But if, if your goal is to, you know, surround yourself with music and arts and the imagination that comes along with that, mm-hmm. definitely a place for um, for you and just a little bit of Googling, you know, to see, um, you know, are there, are there, um, if you type in, you know, arts administrations in, you know, Chicago, Mm -hmm. wherever you are, that's the work that you have to do. So when people say, I can't find something, then I have to say to them, you're not looking hard enough, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because they're out there. Nice. Um,
1: where can people, if they want to find out more about you and what you do, is there somewhere they can follow you?
0: They can. Wow. <laughs> I'm not as good. I'm not as good. I'm not as good on the social media side of things right. in terms of like engagement, but they can find me at variety curls, like, uh, like a variety show, the word variety and curls, like the curls in your hair. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram, I, I post there sometimes, but just Keeny Slaughter will on Facebook will will get you to me.
2: Okay. Um
0: and let me know that you um that you heard David's podcast and that that's how you um that's how you found me. And I'm happy to have, you know, a conversation or send you my email if if it's um a matter of wanting to ask questions or seeking some insight, happy to do that.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much. This has, again, been very informative, uh, a lot of great information and probably information a lot of my listeners never thought that they would, you know, would need to know. But I did. But I think you talked about a lot of things that even if, you know, just, just the mindset of getting things yes. done, I think mm-hmm. even that is applicable. So thank you for sharing.
0: Thank you so much, David. I, I that was my goal this year. You helped to continue making my dreams come true here. Even at the end of the even right. at the end of the year, right. we set our um, you know our, our um, resolutions and things. And I, I guess I don't call it call it that anymore because it's it seems like as soon as you say resolution, it's it's quickly <laughs> broken. <Right. laughs> I like the word resolution. But um, I think that um, you know I had said at the beginning of this year. I really want to talk more about this to whoever will listen and to to whoever um, it can apply to because I feel like had I known um, more about internships and and thought about that while I was going to school, like yeah, I do want to be a principal flutist. I do want to be on stage, mm-hmm. but I can I can do this. I don't have to let one go. Right. I can do them both in tandem. Um, you know. I think some things may have been fast forwarded. For me in my career, you know, you you, you always are learning. Um, but if someone is, is willing to take it to heart now mm-hmm. and get that experience now, and this is just one way of getting it. You don't have to do an internship, but you do have to get experience.
1: Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: And that's it for episode number 31. Uh, next week, next Friday, I'll be sharing with you episode number 32 and truly we'll be going back to the pit i'm going to be having a conversation uh with someone who lives in orlando who has spent 21 years at disney world but he's also been on uh, broadway tours and he's worked in regional theater and um uh, if if you want to know anything about working at disney world definitely want to check that out Uh, that's going to be next friday the 15th here on life in the pit as a reminder, if you want to follow what's coming up next, be sure to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Life in the Pit Pod. You can follow me on Instagram at David Lane Music or Twitter and Facebook at David M Lane Music. And as always, a big special thanks to Mark Parolo for his cover art and to Bill Sissna for providing the introduction to this podcast. The theme music is composed and performed by David Lane. For the time being, you can find out more about this podcast. Or you can leave feedback through davidlanemusic.com slash podcast. Please rate and review on the Apple Podcast app and share with your friends. Thank you for listening.